Hey there, Whiskey Noobs. It's Chris. And for those of you who are new here, I am the host of the Whiskey Noobs podcast. Now, for those of you who are on the email list, you may have some suspicions that this episode is going to be a little bit different because I hadn't had a whiskey picked out for it yet. There was a reason for that, and that is because this is a collaboration episode with the Whiskey Chasers podcast. So they had reached out to me and wanted to do a collaboration episode, and I wanted to make sure we were able to find some time to record that way in case things were to fall through as they can when you have multiple people with different schedules. If it were to fall through, you wouldn't have purchased the whiskey and then not been able to hear the review of it. So this will be a review of Pike Creek Whiskey. And as I mentioned, it is a crossover with the Whiskey Chasers podcast. So I'm going to cut to that audio from our meeting and you'll be able to hear our full review of Pike Creek Canadian Whiskey and also learn a little bit about the guys over at the Whiskey Chasers podcast. So if you'd like to hear more information about them, you can look down in the description and you'll be able to find their socials, which I have put in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get on with this episode. Uh, welcome, Chris, from the Whiskey Noobs. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing great. Good. Doing good. Uh, so we found Chris on uh, TikTok because he's pretty pretty big over there, and he has his own podcast as well and and everything else. So make sure you go check that out. But we got together and uh, his show is mainly a, a review show going over a bunch of stuff. And he said he wanted to do a Canadian whiskey, so we found Pike Creek Canadian whiskey, the rum finish. Rum finish, ten years, right? Ten year old, yeah, yeah. ten year old rum finished. So we were talking a bit beforehand that uh, this actually used to be port wine finished. This has been in the U.S. for quite a while. Decent amount of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2014 is when they switched it over to the rum, and it was just a supply issue, is what they said. They didn't go into a whole lot of details on what that actually means, hmm. but they just said there's some sort of a supply thing happening. I didn't think port wine barrels were that hard to come with. No. Well, no. but they're getting more popular. That's true. Yeah. There are a lot more port wine finished stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I almost I almost feel like it might have been a uh like a duties kind of thing or like getting it in or something along those lines. Hmm. So they switched to rum casks. Switched to rum casks. Now Pike Creek does have other offerings. Well, I think they do a couple special releases too, do don't yeah. they? Yeah. They do. Now, have you ever had a, uh, or at least reviewed a Canadian whiskey on your channel yet? Yeah, I've had a couple of Canadians. Uh, the first one I did was Crown Royal, just a classic. Um, and then I also did Pendleton, uh, which is, <clears throat> it's actually made in Canada, but it's bottled in America. Do you like Pendleton? Yeah. Yeah. For the price, I really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, um, I, I don't think we were huge fans of it. No, we got, so we got Pendleton cause I used to work in bars. Um, and so I got to know one of the, uh, sales reps for Proximo, uh, right around the time that they were trying to push out, uh, Pendleton midnight into the bars around here. So I had a, for the longest time, a bottle of Pendleton midnight, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. It was, it was fairly decent for the price. It's really inexpensive. And they, that one's a sherry cask finish, I believe. Uh, so they I do think we did like that one. It was a, the standard Pendleton that maybe we uh, again for the price. It's good. Yeah. Um, just wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah, and it's got a little different of a palette to it as well, which I talked about in my episode. Um, not overly bold or sweet if you're used to like a bourbon or something like that. It's a little different. Yeah, yeah, and especially for a Canadian whiskey, it is very different. Uh, yeah, it's very different, unique kind for kind Pendleton. Of thin, for, yeah, if I remember for a Canadian whiskey. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, the uh, coolest thing I could find out about these guys uh, is that their master blender has his PhD in wood sciences. I'm sorry, wood sciences? Wood sciences. That's a thing? That's apparently a thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, when I was, I mean, I would have thought they would have called it like forestry or something, but apparently it's just, it's Well, there is a, I think there's a forestry degree as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what is wood science? I guess it's just the science of wood. It's a derivative of uh, forestry. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I'm just trying to figure out the courses for that one right, right now. <laughs> I, like I said, I took some forestry classes and stuff in school, and those were a blast. I took a chainsaw class, and my my uh, my final exam was felling a tree, and there was like a grid out, and if you hit the pop can, that was an A, and then out was a B, such C, a, D. Such a 4-H year over was, here. I know. I, yeah. was, I was at Hawking College, man. It's 4 uh, chain, Chainsaw. <laughs> Sounds like a trade school chainsaw type of thing. Chainsaw Operation and Maintenance. That was the name of the course. Please tell me it was like a Chainsaw 101. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. it, yeah. I, mean, I learned how to sharpen it and do all that kind of fun stuff, okay. which people pay for now. So, yeah, hey. it's, it worked. That's yeah. paying off my degree. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hitting any pop cans anytime soon, but I just uh, cut one down in my backyard and I didn't take out my shed. So, oh, that I was nailed it! Yeah, <laughs> that is a huge win and success right there. Yeah. <laughs> did you keep it for firewood? I did actually. Yeah, yeah that's the way to do yeah, it. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. that's for a sure. success right there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's pop this guy open. All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Chris, you do a, quite a bit of the reviewing kind of side of it. So, so let's uh, lead us through this a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So I actually do my reviews kind of a particular way. I like to go through, talk about what I'm smelling, what I'm tasting without looking at any notes from the company. And then I like to go back through with the company's notes, uh, whatever brand it is that whatever they say you should be tasting. I like to go through with that because you kind of get two sides of a review you get the super subjective this is what i think that is unadulterated i'm not you know seeing what they say i should think so then it's kind of unadulterated but then you also get the super objective here's what they say you should get i like to do that to try to give both sides of the review that way you're not being led um or influenced yeah makes sense yeah Absolutely, because as I'm sure you guys know, when you start bouncing notes off of each other, it's like, oh yeah, I, I kind of see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, one of the guys, one of the guests we had on the podcast, is relatively new to bourbon and whiskey, and that was the one thing he said. He's like, I, I have a very uh, impressionable palate right now, so anything you guys say, I'm like, yeah, 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 that sounds about right. I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. Sweet on the nose, big time. Yeah. It's definitely got like a sweetness, almost like a vanilla or, um, ooh, I can't nail it down yet, but like a candy sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like those, have you ever had those maple nut goodies? No, but I have had a different maple candy that, yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. Once again, whatever you say, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) here I am influencing you already. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I get the, like, kind of the rum smell a little bit, and it's coming off, like, cooked sugar. Yeah. 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 It's not what I expected. No. Not based on the nose. No, that's kind of satisfyingly different from the nose. Yeah. 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 I'm very curious. To me, it comes across bitter almost. Not in in a bad way, Mm -hmm. Um, but more than I thought it would be. 
Yeah, especially as it sits. I think at first I got some of that candy from the nose and then almost quickly changed to like a bitterness on my palate. Yeah, almost like the the way coffee gets after it sits out for a little bit, goes cold. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I would say both have a bit of the, the nose and the palate have a bit of the ethanol. It's not necessarily oily or uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. slippery on my tongue. No. <laughs> kind of that young kind of ethanol. <clears throat> right. Which is weird because it's a 10 year. It's a 10 year. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't know. expect any of that within a 10 year. Yeah. Two, sure. I'll take it for two. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple months, I'll take that. But 10. Now, something with Canadians that I'm not as experienced with Canadians, which is why I wanted to do one, um, that I've noticed across all three of them so far the uh, Crown Royal, the Pendleton, and the Pike Creek. They've all got this, like, it's more sugary sweetness to me than with, like, a bourbon. It's all almost like a caramel or a brown sugar. All the Canadians I've had so far have this base sugar sweetness, like white sugar to me. And I'm getting that from that. And I think it's, I think it's how they do it. So they're, uh, Canadians are considered master blenders versus master distillers. So they distend, they distill each grain separate barrel it separate, age it separate, then pull it out, and they'll blend it to flavor to their specific blend for that bottle. Um, and I think that's what, from what I understand, that's what kind of brings out that different sweetness to it. Even though a lot, majority of the Canadian whiskeys are going to be a high rye content or a lot of rye in it, it doesn't taste that way. It really doesn't. And I think that's because of how they age it and how they, they let it sit, that it brings out a very different complex flavor than what you normally experience in a, in a whiskey. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if I'm not mistaken, they usually have like a base that's a high, high alcohol content grain whiskey and then a flavoring whiskey as well to bring out that sweetness. Right. 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 Yeah. And they blend them together. Yep. Yeah. They blend them together. Yep. Yeah. I like that you brought up um, that about Canadians in general being a little bit more of that like table sugar. We've talked about Crown Royal before. Almost, It almost comes across as like an artificial sweetener, kind of like, which I yeah, think is why people exact same. Mm-hmm. people end up thinking like Crown Royal is artificially flavored. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that flavor that people are picking up thinking it's artificially flavored, and it's not. Mm-hmm. They actually don't use any artificial flavoring. That's true. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know if this is characteristic of the Canadians, but at least the ones that I've had, they all, and it's probably that grain whiskey, they all have that art, that artificial sugar you kind of mentioned, and then like a crisp finish. Like the flavor is just crisp. It's like there and then gone. Yeah. Yep. There's not much left. There. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very... It doesn't last. Unless you get up there, like the Crown mm-hmm. XO has that, it has that aftertaste. It doesn't just go away right away. The right. higher, I feel like lingers the higher you get, lingers. The yeah. higher you go, I feel like this the more is you this get. is a very quick finish. It doesn't, which it surprises doesn't me. Yeah, again with ten years and a rum finish, it just kind of drops off and is done. Yeah, I expect yeah, a, a little, little more. Little lack of complexity, I would say. Not bad by any means. It's a good, pleasant flavor. What's it? What I keep finding is interesting is I, I go to nose it again and. And I think it's the rum that I'm picking up between that molasses flavor that we already talked about and then and, and the nose, that maple nut goody kind of. I keep picking up raisin. And then I go to drink it and I'm not getting any raisin on, on, the, on the palate at all. But when you nose it, it's like a dark baked raisin that I keep picking up and I expect to taste it and I don't. 
Yeah, I wasn't gonna say raisin, but similarly, I I was thinking almost like a like a, um, a spiciness or a woodiness maybe. And same thing when I taste it, I'm like, oh, that's not really there, like it is on the nose. So it's probably that same note that we're getting. Just now, I do have some of the notes um, from them so that we can run through. They had their notes kind of strangely on their website. So I grabbed some from their website and then also from a couple other websites, try to find some some common denominators. And um, one thing I don't remember if we've mentioned yet, so uh, this is 10 years old. I know you mentioned that. And then also 42% alcohol by volume. So it's close to that bottom end. So you wouldn't expect a lot of ethanol, although I do get a little bit of ethanol from it. Um. And then on their website, they say a well-balanced blend of dry fruits, vanilla, and toffee. And personally, and I'll let you guys say what you think, but but personally, I see less of the dried fruit, which is always what they lead with, is the one that I see the least of. (laughs) (laughs) But I do see the vanilla and the toffee, but they're just kind of there and gone. Not a lot in the way of dried fruit, though. No, like I said, a little bit on the nose. I can see they're saying maybe like a plum or raisin. Uh, baked kind of kind of aged um but not on the palate at all i'm not getting any sort of dried fruit on the palate yeah i agree um from the other notes that i found online a couple of them mentioned similar things like the vanilla um and things like that one of them does mention nutmeg which i could almost see a little bit like i said there was almost like some spiciness but i think to me it was more on the nose than it was on the palate yeah I could see the baking spice, a little, like a nutmeg. Mm-hmm. I could see that a little bit. But again, it's not pr- uh, prominent. Now, um, I know I have listeners often ask about a few different Canadians. What is your guys' experience with Canadian whiskey, and what? Uh, how does this stack up, I guess, compared to others? Chris and I have overdone, uh, overdone flavored Canadian mm-hmm. yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those um, crown flavorings yes. are, are good. Yeah. I... Yes. My Canadian experience, I Canadian is it's a little bit too sweet for me. Uh, I like more dry, more bitter, and I feel like Canadian that Canadian whiskey all has that sweet undertone, like you said, kind of that like table sugar kind of taste to it. Um, man, the, probably the best one we've had is that Cranwell XO. That we XO, did. but that's finished in cognac, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. For me, I don't know, and we've talked about this before on other podcasts, but I don't know if it's Canada or uh, Canada, 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 uh, Canadian whiskey. Um, it's like I, I always feel like every time I have one, I think of maple syrup, and I, and I don't know why if that's a mental thing or if it's actually something they're doing. Um, I do love. We're big fans of rye, yeah. um, and I know that they use a lot more rye, and uh, typically they're all rye um, whiskeys. But it's that sweetness mixed with it that I'm not a huge, huge fan of. Um, so for that reason, I think we've kind of stayed away from Canadian whiskeys. Yeah. Um, the Canadian Club 12 might have been the be- next best one that we did. Yeah. I mean, there's some. it's always got its place. There's times where I, I want to reach for a Canadian whiskey. Um, it's just not an everyday thing for me. Yeah. For me, I'm a bigger fan of Canadian than you guys are. And it's because I like that sweetness. Um, I like more of a sweeter... Uh, whiskey. So because of that, I enjoy that sweetness. So I've liked all the Canadians that we've had. Um, when we got to some of those crown flavorings and stuff that they kind of get the weird ethanol kind of thing going on that I'm not a, not, not a big fan of. But the Canadian tw- Club 
12 year that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Crown XO was great. This is pretty good. I like this. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a decent fan of, of Canadian, but it's because I like that, that sweeter note. Yeah. 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 And I think Canadian whiskeys, uh, on the more inexpensive side, if you're mm-hmm. looking for a whiskey in general to try to go after, they're not super expensive for what you get. I mean, this 10 year was what? 24 bucks. I think it is 24 bucks for yeah. a 10 year old whiskey. Like it, yeah. that's pretty hard to come by for American whiskey. Pretty hard to come by for scotch. Well, even the Canadian or uh, Canadian club 12 was cheap. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all, and I don't know. I think it's cause they, they mass produce and we've talked about that mm-hmm. as well. There's um, only like five, I think six distilleries. Yeah. And they just put out a ton, but they're all fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, in relative terms to what we charge in America. You know what I mean? Like definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I pretty much would be, if you guys are on one end and, um, Steve, right. I'm going to get the names right. (laughs) Steve is on the other. Uh, I think I pretty much land in the middle of you guys where I think I said this about the crown Royal on my crown Royal episode, and I would pretty much echo it with Pendleton and definitely with this, that, I like that general sweetness, especially if I'm having kind of a thoughtless glass, like I have friends over or I'm doing something. It just tastes generally good. Um, But I would say this and definitely the the plain crown royal that I had both just kind of lack the depth that I would like from like a sit and ponder glass. But they're by no means offensive because of that sweetness. So then when, if, if I'm having friends over or something like that, then I enjoy it in that scenario. I right. Think. And the price point reflects that, which is a good thing, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot more, you know, uh, caribou crossing. I was a big fan of it as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Caribou crossing is uh, pretty much the blend of Canadian whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's hard to come by. Yeah, that right. one's more, way more on the expensive side, just because of the name, because of what it is. Right. That one, your stupid prices right now, like three, three twenty-five. That I mean, that one is is higher end, but a good thing is um, you can really pick up. You want to take a chance on a Canadian whiskey that you haven't had. You're not going to break the bank doing mm-hmm. it, and you might end up really loving it, or it might just be so-so. But I've never had one that I'm like, this was a waste of money. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Now, uh, you mentioned that uh, the one can be kind of difficult to find. I don't know how it is near you guys, but for me, there wasn't a ton of options of Canadian anywhere near me. Yeah, uh, Canadian whiskey, and I don't know if that's, because you're in Ohio, right? Yes, correct. I'm kind of in the Northeast area. Okay, I don't know if that's an Ohio thing. Like, outside of, I grew up in Indiana, go home to Indiana a lot. There's Canadian whiskey galore in Indiana. And I don't know if it's a state thing and Ohio doesn't bring in much because people don't really drink much Canadian or if it's just kind of location. I mean, you got to think northern Indiana, Michigan, Canada, like they kind of blend in together. So maybe that's why you see more of it there. But it's it's not a popular thing much anywhere else. We were uh, one of the other episodes we did on the flavored uh, Crown Royal. They actually have I don't know if you've ever seen the Mesquite, Texas Mesquite uh, Crown Royal. I did see it. I've never had it, though. So that came about because apparently some big honcho or couple guys in Crown Royal's distillery or their company love Texas. So they would always come down to Texas, and they would always bring Crown Royal with them. Well, they thought that Texas needed 
a little bit of Crown, and Crown needed a little bit of Texas. So they did their Texas Mesquite flavor out of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's weird that some places go like gravitate towards it, other people don't. Um, I don't I don't know what the reason is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit before that uh, Canadian whiskeys are similar to some of the other other countries' whiskeys, where they're kind of one noted. There's not not a ton of uh, differentiators between them, and it's partly because, like you said, there's only like six distilleries. It's not that very just complex. make a whole bunch of different different brands, but because of that, I mean, there isn't a reason to have a whole bunch of different kinds. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense, and I think it makes you wonder, um, kind of like we mentioned earlier, with the way they do the blending and the flavoring, if that almost narrows it down having you know that that base and there's only so much you can do with the with the flavoring whiskey that you add to it but it is very interesting Mm -hmm. yeah but they also think like whistlepig so whistlepig out of vermont they source canadian whiskey to start while they produce their own so i mean they don't taste much like canadian whiskey so do they do something different or is it just because it's made in Ver- uh, bottled in Vermont, the mm-hmm. people kind of go after Whistlepig. Right. I see more Whistlepig mm-hmm. than I do Canadian whiskey, and technically, it's still yep. got some Canadian whiskey involved in it. There's okay. a ton, and it's yeah. actually way more expensive. It um, is than, way more expensive than everything else that's on the shelf. That, as far as Canadian whiskey goes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, I think I do have more of a variety of specifically Whistlepig brand <laughs> near me than yeah. I have the rest of Canadian yeah. whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said uh, you haven't ventured too much into Canadian yet. Uh, have you hit kind of all of the major categories? Irish, Scotch, single malt, all that kind of stuff? Have you kind of gone into all the areas? And which area is your favorite? That's a great question. I was actually going to ask you guys the same thing um, with your palate preference. But, uh, yeah, so I've had everything on the show so far. Um, only one Japanese. I had the uh, Suntory Whiskey Toki. And... Um, I'm kind of working on, I dove pretty deep into bourbon uh, because that's what the people want on TikTok a lot of the time. (laughs) So I do a lot of bourbon reviews uh, based on request. And then I also am most experienced behind bourbon, I'd say in scotch. But there's so much with scotch because then you have five sub-regions of Scotland. And so... That takes forever to get through. I actually just did my first Lowland a few weeks ago, um, so that was pretty interesting. I did uh, Akintoshin. And so after that would be Irish, which is probably pretty close to Scotch in terms of my experience level with it. And then just the the one um, Japanese whiskey, and then I mentioned the three Canadians that I had had. It's hard to pick a favorite. I've had that question in my Q&A episode sometimes where people say, like, if you could only have one of the categories the rest of your life, what would you do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because I think they all bring something to the table. I think in terms of specifically, like, the flavor profile, I might lean towards a bourbon. I really like, like, weeded bourbons that have, like, a good bakery sweetness to them. That's what I tend to gravitate towards. I just mentioned Angel's Envy, which is a finished bourbon, but I really love the palate that that uh, port wine brings to the Angel's Envy. Um, But I do like the merits of each of the categories. I feel like they've all got their own thing, and I like being able to see the differences between them. 
But yeah, I was actually curious. What what are your guys' favorite, like either ca- category or profile or anything like that? Right. Yeah. I. Uh, it's funny you ask. I've been uh, actually staring at the bottles behind you um <laughs> and i'm like i see johnny walker blue absolutely uh love that uh, i think you've got a johnny walker black down at the bottom uh i mean you you got some good bottles that i i thoroughly enjoyed uh, admire and respect uh so on a regular basis on a regular basis yeah so uh i started out with scotch so i started out with uh johnny walker black and blue um, and went into single malt scotch and then started making our way, my way into bourbon. Right. Um, Thanks to me. Yeah. Chris and I, I used to travel here before I moved here to Ohio. I used to travel once a month here to Ohio and I'd spend the night and stay the night with Chris. Um, but we would, he would always buy a new bottle for that night and we didn't either finishing that bottle or coming pretty close to finishing that bottle. <laughs> it was always something different, some different mm-hmm. bourbon that we've never tried before. Right. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. I feel like every, except for Irish, I don't like Irish whiskey too much. Uh, but every other, I don't know, every other whiskey has got their unique niche. Um, and they, they've they all got something, Scotch more than anyone has a story behind it. And then Irish kind of whiskey, I, I respect the fact that they have a story behind why they got started. Um, I don't like their stuff very much, but I like the story behind it. And then you got... American whiskey is starting to kind of come about and little by little have a story behind it and a reason behind it. Um, I think I find myself gravitating towards the story with the flavor than I do just the bottle and the flavor itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's it's hard for me to pinpoint like which one do I love the most. Um, I love high proof. I love rye. That's that's my my sweet spot. I feel like there's a lot more flavor to be pulled out, especially if you've had your days of trying several different bottles uh that that 80 90 proof kind of gets old after a while and then you start getting higher higher proof and higher into rye and you go man there's so much more flavor just because of the complexity um especially if you are in the scotch those two really work together so that would be me yeah 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 we um i mean our our palates are very, very similar, uh, especially at this point. Um, but I started on the opposite end. So I, I was really into Irish whiskeys for a long, long time. Um, and you were always into scotch. And then I got, I moved into bourbon and, uh, you'd come over and, uh, we'd go out and buy a bottle. And my wife was super appreciative (laughs) of that. We'd buy a bottle every time you came over. Um, and that was the beginning of it. But so I got into bourbon um, before you did, but I was yeah. really into, like you said, weeded bourbon, um, really the friendly bourbon, uh, tip, typical kind of flavors. Um, and then as it's progressed, I've gotten way more into scotch. You kind of brought me into there. But now we've kind of leaned it on this, like it went to like high rye bourbon to like rye to like high proof rye and that's kind of where I've where I'm at at this point. I try to stay open minded. Um, I still love weeded bourbon and stuff. It just doesn't doesn't always hit that itch for me. You know what I mean? Scratch that itch. Um, like high rye, you know, high proof ryes do. Um, but you know, I I like to say I'm I'm pretty and diverse in what I drink. But for me, I think that's that's where I'm at. Um, high proof ryes. Yeah. Uh, my journey is a little bit newer than your guys's, <laughs> so I haven't been doing it quite as long. Uh, so I'm still into the the lighter bourbons, so the weeded bourbons and that kind of stuff. I still really enjoy that, 
But I've learned to really appreciate scotch. I really enjoy the scotch flavors. Um, Irish and Canadian are, like I said, they're they're fairly one noted, and so I don't mind them, but they're not they're not my go tos. What I've learned doing this show and everything is the American single malt realm mm-hmm. is kind of the it's kind of a weird little rabbit hole that mm-hmm. is very different for every one of them and, and everything else it's kind of untapped but, yeah too. and yeah. i have yet to find one i didn't really like so because of that uh, american single malt's kind of the the route that i'm going to go as as like my go-to favorite but it's like a right now favorite until i try some more of them and everything and then go on from there but you know, uh, bourbon is how I got started, and I love the taste of a bourbon, even the lighter stuff like the the weeded stuff or the corn yeah. stuff. More friendly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. More friendly. The weeded stuff, I I enjoy the wheat spice, but I'm not I'm not going after the really high proof rye stuff that you guys are going not after. Yet. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it bites a little bit too hard. Yeah, we'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm the same way with the rye. I, I like rye, but not as much as just bourbon. Um, high rye bourbons, I would say I do like. I think it's a good balance of that sweetness of the bourbon and then the spice of the rye. Um, but I definitely, I think it's the natural progression into the higher proof stuff for sure. I did a, I did a series where I was comparing a bunch of bourbons and a lot of them were bottled in bond. So right at the hundred proof mark, I remember I went back to my first glass of 80 proof after that. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> it's like, like drinking water. water. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We hung around like 120 proof stuff for like a while oh and we God. went back down to 80 and we were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets dangerous when that happens. It does. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get a taste for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, Chris, where can people find you if they want to go check out your show? So you can find me on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs, or you can find me on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast, or the name of the TikTok is Chris from whiskey noobs. The at is whiskey noobs podcast. Um, and then I'm streaming basically everywhere. Uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts are the two big ones. Um, how about you guys? I did want to ask you that as well for my listener base. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we are uh, the Whiskey Chasers podcast. So that can be found at all of the different streaming services. Uh, and uh, uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, just Whiskey Chasers podcast. And an Instagram as well, yeah. Whiskey Chasers po- Whiskey Chasers podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not as cool and tech savvy for TikTok just yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do have one video. There is a TikTok. Apparently, we found our Chasers podcast. Yeah, I kind of just recorded them once and threw it up there. So there is a TikTok yes. with one video. <laughs> nice. We're still camera shy. Yeah, we're a little camera yeah. shy. But mm-hmm. oh, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, all your stuff will be down in our show notes if you're listening on the Whiskey Chasers podcast. Uh, and if you're whisk- listening on the Whiskey News podcast, thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. check us out. And if you're, if you're on listening to Whiskey News podcast, you can find their stuff in my description as well. Perfect. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you much. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being here. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. It's nice having a, a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you uh, having me on in the collaboration.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol